0: Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris, here as always with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week on the show here, and if you want to listen to it on the reg, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. Uh, on Apple, Spotify, and uh, rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe over there. Because then you won't miss an episode when they drop. I'm at Charlie underscore Burris on Twitter. Zach's at ZachTNT, at A to Z Sports, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Natural And A to Z Sports for everything that uh, Zach and I write over there. With the academics out of the way, Zach. I was enthusiastic getting up this morning. It's Kentucky week. Kentucky lost over the weekend. Uh, And I think they, it's pretty clear they're beatable. We're going to talk about that. Um, I was ready to go. having a good day. Got my, got my tea. I am a tea guy. Yeah. So what? Suck it up. I know a lot of people like Charlie doesn't drink coffee. What a psycho. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm my own man. The show is free. Don't listen. If you don't like it, um, Got my tea, having a good good breakfast, and then Adam Schefter, you, you bastard, had to go and ruin my day with the news that Derrick Henry is out indefinitely for my beloved Titans, and it just, everything's been off ever since. I can't, I don't know. It's going to take me probably a couple weeks to recover. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm hapless. What do I do, Zach? Tell me what to do, man. I don't know.
1: I wouldn't recommend, uh, reading anything I've written today then, because that's pretty much <laughs> how I've spent most of my afternoon is, uh, writing about Derrick Henry. Usually I'm mostly, uh, you know, Tennessee Vols type stuff, but today's kind of been all hands on deck because that's some pretty major news, but to brighten your day, I, I did recently, uh. In the last hour, right about how the best case scenario for Derrick Henry is he comes back in six weeks if everything goes perfect. This is kind of what Ian Rappaport is saying would we'll be right after the bye week, I think, for the Titans against the Jaguars, December twelfth. Best case scenario and worst case, barring an unforeseen setback, which this is the state of Tennessee, so it's very possible. Yeah, you know, week eighteen playoffs, so. Could be worse, right? Could could be like an ACL, you know, no chance of coming back.
0: Really, just interested to see what they do uh before the trade deadline if they make. Well, it they, really they just
1: signed Adrian Peterson moments ago, so oh, they did. So my, I think my next column is going to be: Should Adrian Peterson go into the Hall of Fame as a Titan? I mean, <laughs> it's an obvious question, I think.
0: Obviously. That that is what should occur, because uh, yeah, I mean, he's his legendary Titans career, as we all know, and uh, some of the best seasons ever. How uh, I always we don't have to talk about specifics.
1: Always but. remember him.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this is not a Titans show. <laughs> uh it just the, the Titans just ruined my day, that's all. Uh but we are talking about Tennessee, and Tennessee had some interesting news last week. We try, you know, we basically tried to speak into existence a a newsless bye week. Well, we didn't make it, although it was generally speaking, it was a fine, fine bye week. Nothing all that crazy happened. In fact, what did happen, I would say, was expected. Uh, but I'm not sure I expected it right in the middle of the season. Harrison Bailey, your, your backup quarterback for the Vols, really third string at this point behind Joe Milton uh, and, and Hooker, is transferring away from Tennessee. Announced it right in the middle of the season. And this, um, as I said, I I would say I expected it, but probably not till the off season. What were your thoughts initially, Zach?
1: Yeah, I was kind of surprised by the timing. I mean, I, I, I think we definitely all knew this was coming. He, he's not going to sit there and be third string. Taven Jackson's coming in next season, and I'm sure Heupel will look to the transfer portal for even more quarterback help. Because even with Bailey on the roster, it's clear that he wasn't a fan. The timing was surprising, and it kind of leaves Tennessee in a bind. I mean, no, Tennessee's not going to beat Georgia. Probably not going to beat Kentucky with Harrison Bailey if he's starting. Because you know, whatever you think about Joe Milton, I think Josh Heupel knows more about quarterbacks than us. Most people listening to this show, I mean, he's been doing it for a long time. His resume speaks for itself. There's something with Harrison Bailey that he doesn't think he can run this offense. Whatever it is, got to trust Heupel on this. I think he's earned that. So, with that said, it's not a huge loss, but I do think Harrison Bailey can beat Vanderbilt. I think he can beat uh, South Alabama, the two games that Tennessee has left that they have to win to become bowl-eligible, so now, if Hendon Hooker gets hurt, which he's been hurt, if Joe Milton gets hurt, he's been beat up, you're going to a walk-on quarterback. Suddenly, Vanderbilt, South Alabama, uh, I'm not sure that's those are guaranteed wins with a walk-on quarterback, regardless of who it is. And that, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but that's a scenario. I mean, we've seen quarterback depth disappear for teams just with the snap of a finger. It's happened to... Tennessee before where Will McBride was suddenly starting a game for the ball. So it could get kind of dicey here at the end of the season if, if, if Tennessee suffers some injuries at that position.
0: In a situation like this where your team is already so dependent on the health of the starters, that's rough. It, it is certainly not not great for the reasons that you said. I mean, you have to win six games. That is across the board. That's the most important thing right now for Tennessee at a minimum, that's your floor. And I would agree. I mean, I think the walk on will p- probably be able to take on Vandy, I would say, <laughs> but, but it won't be as, uh, as simple with uh, with a, a walk on or whoever it would be. I mean, you, you did dive into that this last week. Um, and the Tennessee does have other guys, Um, you don't know their names, and that's there's a reason (laughs) for that. They don't. (laughs) Ideally, you don't need to know (laughs) who those people are, but they are there. Um, but you did write about this. Would it be that dire?
1: Yeah, I I think uh, Gaston Moore would probably be the guy. He's a he's a walk on. He was a preferred walk on at UCF last year. He ran Josh Heupel's scout team at UCF. So he kind of has a grasp on the offense, Heupel's offense. He kind of understands it. He was, his high school coach said he's a late bloomer. He's from Hilton Head, went to high school there, not really a hotbed for college football quarterbacks. He kind of, you know, late bloomer as a senior, came on, played really well. Too late to really earn a scholarship anywhere because by then, you know, spots are full. Places aren't taking a gamble on a quarterback that they really don't know anything about. He walks on at UCF and, you know, Travels to to Knoxville with Josh Hypel So, don't really know what his skill set is. I've watched some highlight videos, which just shows you the good stuff. So, it's really hard to tell. But, looks like he has a decent arm. He can throw the ball down the field. I mean, maybe you get a guy that can hit on a couple of those shots against Vandy or South Alabama and, and can connect that situation. And, Tennessee would be okay.
0: Hopefully, it does not come to that, uh it's a pretty cool name. Gaston. Uh <laughs> and,
1: and he looks just like Shooter McGavin. I, I tweeted <laughs> that early Friday morning and I've tweeted stuff like that before where I think somebody looks like somebody else, somebody famous, and a lot of times it's crickets. Nobody sees it like I see it, and it just it fails, falls flat. But finally I hit on one.
0: I did see that and I agree. Uh and he's from Hilton Head, which is interesting. That is I would say the place in my life that I probably vacationed the most, it's like my parents' favorite place to go. So I've been there a bunch uh, as a younger man. And uh, that, I mean, yeah, there is like, I think there is a single high school out there uh, on the actual island and he went to it. So who knows what kind of competition he, he played against, but cool. Nonetheless, um, so hopefully we don't, ha- it doesn't ever come to that. We don't have to worry about it. But uh, just just to cover that that situation, Bailey is out. I, who knows where he's gonna go? I mean, we we kind of speculated other other SEC schools, but realistically, I'm. I mean, is he that level of a guy? I I don't know that I. I don't I think, think so. That. Yeah. I mean, I think he's it, gonna have to drop down.
1: If you if you're going to another SEC program, you're not taking Harrison Bailey to start, right? I mean, if you transfer yeah. to. Uh, even Kentucky or, or Mississippi State, you, you don't think he's going to be a starter at one of those places. So why transfer somewhere that you can't start? It seems more likely he's going to go. I mean, maybe he goes to like a Pac-12 school or something where they throw the ball a lot, a Big 12 school. I don't know. Maybe it's a group of five school. I definitely don't think he'll be another SEC program. But I do think it this makes it even more likely that Hypo will chase a quarterback or two in the portal. Especially with Hendon Hooker, all of a sudden, you start hearing his name with the NFL draft. Uh, Mel Kuypers talked about him being on the draft board, and suddenly, something that we did not even think of a possibility, Hooker might have a decision to make. And then you're left with Joe Milton, who we've seen a true freshman who I think is going to be really good, but he's still a true freshman and does not need to start from day one, uh, then you've got to chase somebody. Maybe he can go to LSU and get Miles Brennan, who today hit the portal himself. Uh, that's a guy that maybe you can bring in who's trying to raise his NFL stock. There will be options out there, but I think Heupel's definitely going to have to add some some bodies to that room.
0: That is That's always the hazard of having a guy who is past – at, at his junior year or past his junior year and is playing well. I mean, you just, the, the NFL is an option and they can go. Saw that. Uh, I, I do think that you have, you certainly have things to sell to Hendon Hooker because he, he came in really as a non-entity. I think a lot of people assumed he would almost be third string mm-hmm. when he showed up. So he came in with almost no hype at Tennessee next year. If he, if, you know, everybody knock on the closest available wood. He stays healthy. If he stays healthy for the rest of this season, carries you through to to six, six to eight wins, depending on bowl games and things like that. Um, I think coming into next year, he will be, I mean, he's the toast of the town at that mm-hmm. point. You're going to have a guy who's going to be on Heisman list. I would guess um, just in, because he's going to put up gaudy numbers and hype system. You're going to have better athletes ideally, um, or at least more backups, if nothing else. And, uh, y- you know, hopefully a better situation, even next year, you can sell to him like, Hey, we'll have some NIL deals lined up for you. You stay in town. And then on top of that, you can get another year behind you with better tape for the NFL. We think you could maybe get an even higher draft. But, like you would have things that you could sell to the kid. I think, unless he just goes off and it becomes clear that he's like going to be an early pick in the draft or something like that. And I, that would you'd be pretty hard pressed to do that at this point, unless you beat Georgia and maybe win out for the rest of the year and have a miraculous end of the season. Not, not totally sure how that would happen, but you never know. I, I would say, would I, this is an interesting question. Would I trade winning out, which would include a win over number one, Georgia for losing hooker in the off season? Yes. I yes. think I would. <laughs> and so, I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's you, be honest here.
1: I think you would because I think the chances are high at that point that you would get a good quarterback in yeah. the portal. Maybe not Brennan, who I think will probably be the best available, but somebody is going to want to come play for Josh Heupel.
0: I mean, uh, good Lord. Because you got to think about the ramifications of that. And at this point, let's, let's be honest, a little bit of a far-fetched. I mean, George is a machine right now, man. They are they just clamped down on Florida's hopes and dreams and just, they grind you into a paste out there that that defense is crazy, but per se, that did happen. You think about the ramifications there, it would exactly reiterate that Kirby can't get it done. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. probably not making the, you would win the East and I guess they would have a second chance. If they beat Alabama in the championship game and go on to the playoff. That could still happen. But well, let's say they lose and they lose to Alabama. They don't make the playoff. I mean, I don't want to say Kirby's like on the hot seat at that point, but there's definitely, there would definitely be a feeling at Georgia that it would be like, well, if we can't do it this year, when is it ever going to happen? I mean, junior, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If you can't do it with this team, because they're clearly the best team in America right now. If you can't do it with this team, you're not going to do it. You know, it's just, I I don't see how I, it's one of the best college football defenses I've ever seen by a, pretty decent margin and and so like yeah i i think you would start that conversation and that would be huge i think that's good for recruiting and then you're you know if you can win recruiting battles against georgia at this point as josh like the ramifications there would be insane like and so that's why i say like the trade-offs there to win out the rest of the season but you don't get to keep hooker it would be pretty nice i think just because you get one over on on you know, one of your biggest rivals get a little unrest going there. It would be massive. I mean, in Kentucky, I think there's a really good chance that you do beat Kentucky this week. Uh, And, you know, winning, beating them is going to be really nice. I'll to give you a little preview of what I'm going to say later in the show. (laughs) And, and yeah. So point being of all of that, I would take the winning out over, over keeping hooker, but, you know,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, I think most fans probably would, but that is such it's such a far fetched thing at this point that there's just there's no way, right? I mean, there's I don't even know if I can talk myself into that. It, even with Alabama, by the end of the week, you're like, well, this isn't the greatest Alabama team we've ever seen. Maybe Tennessee can do what they did, basically. You know, yeah. go down the field and store in Alabama. They just ran out of gas. Yes. It's hard for me to talk myself into that with Georgia because I see a lot of three and outs happening. I see a lot of Hooker not even yet getting time to really read the play and figure out where the ball is going, and a lot of situations where Georgia's covering it well down the field, so Hooker has to hand it off, and you see a lot of you know one yard gains, runs for loss. Uh, I think it's going to be tough to watch.
0: And why I not to hawk on Georgia so much. We'll t- cross that bridge when it comes next week. But what to me sets them apart that's different from any other year with Kirby so far, really any other year that I've even been alive and watched Georgia football. Um, I watch them and I say, if they played Alabama this week, I they're beating Alabama to me. I mean, they're, and it's not even like, I watch them, and I go, I'm not sure that it will even be that close of a game because I don't think Alabama will be able to score. You can't win if you don't score. <laughs> like, they don't—Florida's offense is not bad. Dan Mullen is a good offensive coach. They scored seven points. It, it, like, it just is crazy. It's crazy.
1: How, I still how think. That. And I they, they
0: scored—the defense scored 14 points in that game, too, if I'm That's insane. remembering correctly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I still feel like, for some reason, even though I agree with everything you're saying and it's it's sound logic and it's probably absolutely correct, for some reason I feel like the SEC championship game, Georgia's just going to blow it. They're just <laughs> going to come out flat because it's what they do.
0: They've made a habit of it. They've made a I habit mean, of it. I, this I is play. their
1: best chance. This is better than the 2017 team. Way better. This is this is their shot. And it's still Nick Saban. He still has talent, like uh, elite talent. Is Georgia has a little bit better right now. Is they've been recruiting better, slightly. I don't know. I think Saban will find a way to beat Kirby Smart. And But in that scenario, then it's a mess because you've got Alabama and Georgia with one loss and cincinnati's there with no losses and you got oklahoma and ohio state it's just gonna be a whole big mess which i enjoy seeing the fallout from that
0: that that actually would be kind of fun i mean i i hope as much as it it kind of makes me throw up in my mouth i h- hope that, that actually does happen mm-hmm. because alabama just winning another title like every other year is it's way more tolerable. yeah yeah way more tolerable it. than Georgia. A bunch. yeah Ugh. I mean, it almost makes me. I know there's a lot of Braves fans. I'm sure there's a lot of Braves Tennessee crossover, without a doubt. It kind of makes me a little ill watching the Braves have all this success because there's a lot of Georgia fans like in that <laughs> set of that. That's of how men. I
1: always feel about the Braves. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a Mets fan, so I'm not a Braves fan at all. I have a lot. Obviously, most of my friends are Braves fans, being from the South. But that's how I feel. I associate the Atlanta Braves with Georgia Bulldogs. I yeah, mean, that same. is how I've always viewed it, and it's it's such a weird thing for Tennessee. I mean, I get it regionally. I completely understand why most Tennessee fans are Braves fans. It, it makes sense because of the the regional aspect of it, but it still doesn't add up in my head when i see it out there i mean like i that.
0: i can also definitely say so i i'm uh, a rangers fan i grew whole side of my family lives in texas i grew up going to rangers games when i was a kid um and and so uh i was always resentful sort of living in knoxville as i did everybody was a braves fan and they were really good in the 90s won multiple mm-hmm. minutes won a world series blah, blah 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 and i was like ugh, everybody here like we don't even live in georgia what, and yeah. I'm saying as someone who was a fan of the Rangers, which to most people. I know. Yeah. Them, I'm a-, yeah, a Mets fan living in Tennessee or in North Carolina. But, uh, you know, either, either way, it almost makes him like, Ugh, don't, don't give Georgia fans. Don't give them the pleasure. I don't want them.
1: Like, I hate to say it, but I'm pulling for them to blow this three, one series lead just to continue <laughs> the narrative of Georgia sports imploding. When it counts. It.
0: I, a lot of my friends are big Braves fans. Like one of my closest friends, in the entire world is just a huge Braves fan. And he's also the friend that I've spoken about on the shows. He's a, he's a Vandy fan too. Um, and it, kind of makes it would kind of make me laugh if they if they blew the 3-1 lead i won't lie i won't lie i know that's gonna i'm sure there's people turning this show off right now going oh uh, absolutely going, like, these it's, guys it's all Boop. in fun <laughs> i cannot lie to you um i look you can you can take joy if if that is the case uh unless you're a braves and a titans fan god bless you but uh if they end up blowing it you can at least take solace in the fact with me my team just lost the greatest running back in franchise history and you know future hall of famer for the rest of the season in a year where we probably are at the peak of our super bowl contender abilities. so you know (coughs) hurts me to say that but it's true so you know just take that into consideration also but um that's sports that's life if you like the braves hey who am I to tell you otherwise? Uh, but with all of that being said, good lord, I don't want to see Georgia win a national title. That's the bottom line. No, that entire no. just screw that. Grown men barking at you, and now they have uh, they have a national championship that they won. Kill me. I mean, ugh. It's that. Yeah, that I mean, is- I would
1: I would rather see Florida win another one than Georgia, and yep. I hate Florida more. But I've seen Florida in the past. I mean, I've never seen Georgia in my lifetime. Win a championship. So win anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: not, not in basketball, not in football, not, you know, it has been, yeah, never in my life. I don't
1: know how to handle Florida winning national championships. I've had to do it before multiple times. Don't know how to handle Georgia. Don't want to deal with it. And that's it's kind of my view on all major sports. If it's a team I hate, just don't let them win. I don't want to see it. I want to deal with it. I want to see those fans happy. Is that petty that you don't want to see other fan bases happy? That's the
0: no no i mean that that's why i almost with with like vandy i said my my great friend is a vandy fan like them winning a national championship in baseball I'm like no 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 don't don't give them that yeah it's, they're they're the afterthought vandy is yeah they're in the same state but like what it, they're not even a little brother they're like a whatever's le, a a redheaded stepchild what's did the, you I don't see know. did
1: you see their crowd this past week
0: no <laughs> it was
1: it was very sparse i mean you've seen pictures like that a bunch at vanderbilt but my, one of my favorite captions on twitter was looks like a friends and family crowd at vanderbilt today
0: <laughs> <laughs> that i mean even but all like the vandy fans that i've talked to like, they're pretty self-aware when it comes to... They take baseball very, very seriously, you know, right. as they should. But, like, with football, they are pretty much like, yeah, you know, nobody comes. It's a high school stadium with less than even a high school crowd. You know, it just is... They're it's kind so of
1: crazy team. that the same state, I mean, Vanderbilt, at their a sellout is 30-some thousand. And Tennessee draws 80,000 fans, and it's like, well, they barely had anybody show up today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that, I mean, that's true, like, across the SEC, a sellout at, at yeah. what, Mississippi Mississippi State's 60. Yeah. And Tennessee is sad with 80. We go, oh, right. I, you know, this is bad. Um, And, yeah, so it's all relative in terms of what you consider. Speaking
1: of not great stadiums, I mean, having to go to Kentucky. Oh, boy. That... Phew,
0: Roger field
1: the worst <laughs> name for a stadium in the sec right
0: <laughs> yeah oh without a doubt i mean the fact that it's sponsored like that <laughs> it just shows it shows that you don't have any like greats you don't have football greats the, the right. one football great that they do have is alabama's football great they had bear bryant mm-hmm. <laughs> but bear bryant belongs to alabama so <laughs> you know sorry it's you know it's not Rupp Arena is Rupp Arena. Rupp Arena is is not Safeway Arena, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. you have ba- you have basketball grades. Uh no, what it's what a terrible. Although they hey, they they're stringing together a decent season. They got their butt kicked by Mississippi State. Uh but they're on on the whole crazily a more stable and I guess consistent product over the last 10 years in Tennessee football. So even though Tennessee's beaten them most of those years, who am I to who am I to judge? You know.
1: Oh, Mark Stoops has done a fantastic job there. Uh, I think he's probably going to turn this into a job elsewhere after this season because I think he's you have to he, he's maxed out at Kentucky. This is this is it for him. This is as much as he's going to be able to get done with the talent. The ten win season he had a couple of years ago when he still lost to Tennessee. That's, I mean, that's as good as it's going to get at kentucky because he's not going to out recruit these other big time schools you know no matter how good kentucky is four and five star guys don't want to go play at kroger field and wear that god-awful uniform combinations with the checkerboard stuff on the shoulders it just looks terrible i hate it i was watching it when they were playing mississippi state saturday night and i just i can't stand the uniforms i'm usually not a uniform snob but i just hate those a lot for some reason
0: this is now now that I'm I'm looking, I've never taken a hard look like at his record or anything. Cause cause we all, as we were just saying, everything is relative. Uh, we look at what he's done at Kentucky and we go, like, ah, if I mean for Kentucky. Like he's he's done well, frankly. But you look, he is fifty-five and fifty-two, so he's almost just a five hundred coach at Kentucky. He's only ever played in five bowl games, although they have won three of those five. Uh Well, just
1: surviving as a head coach at Kentucky for eight years is something. Is is an accomplishment.
0: Nah, they won. They won ten games, including the bowl game in two thousand eighteen. Although that included a a blowout loss to a Jeremy Pruitt Tennessee team. (laughs) Those (laughs) that ten and three season. Um, so that that's a stink that never wears off. Uh, but like on the whole, I mean, this is my my prediction as right now, just from the news. That's kind of trickled out about like coaching carousel. I, I think James, Jimmy Frank, he he's out at, at Penn state, not fired, but he leaves. I think he leaves Penn state cause they're not going anywhere this year. They lost Illinois. It's over. Um, and so he goes to either USC or LSU. One of those two, maybe, uh, maybe Kiffy at LSU. I, I don't know. He goes to one of those and then Stoops goes to Penn state. That's my, that, that would be to me. That's a decent move by Penn state. Stoops. I think you have, you do have the extra potential there. He gets out of the sec. Mm -hmm. It's an easier row to hoe up there in the big 10. And, and you could kind of like, I I think everybody would go like pretty good hire. Stoops can win, you know, and, and Franklin gets out like he wants to, because that's just been specifically. I I know you see, uh, this is just me extrapolating. Clay Travis has been talking a lot about James Franklin leaving Penn state. And I'm, pretty sure that clay travis like knows james franklin because yeah. they're both uh james franklin coached at vanderbilt clay went to vanderbilt uh and and is like he lives in nashville i think they ended up forming a relationship maybe of some just a friendship
1: i think and their wives might be friends or something yeah 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 yes yeah. well. so, so yeah. me
0: yeah maybe the wives are friends something like that and i i wonder if franklin is like sort of telling him like hey float my float me out there get the name going around you know something like that i just wonder because it yeah i mean at at penn state like this is this is another one of probably one of his best teams at penn state and they're just they blew it against illinois like they just it's not gonna happen i mean if
1: you're usc is he still even your top target or if you're lsu after that you gotta wonder about that too
0: yeah because that's a good point especially
1: lsu because they've got all that Title IX stuff going on with Ed Ogeron, which I think might be mm-hmm. part of the reason that he's out the door. And Franklin has a pretty checkered past for some of that stuff at Vanderbilt. And, you know, when he got hired at Penn State, I think there's been some questionable things here and there. I, I know that was a big topic of conversation when his name was floated for, for the Tennessee job yeah. earlier this oh, yeah. year. I mean, there was some strong debates that took place on social media over Franklin's past. So I don't know if that's something LSU necessarily wants to get into although I will say LSU we've seen with Will Wade they just want to win I mean they'll do whatever so but maybe, maybe USC USC might pass I don't know it, it is an interesting question after losing to Illinois
0: yeah USC would be interesting because they're they're out there on on the old left coast but they also I do feel like they kind of have a like they, they want to be in that elite college football realm and you do sort of have to be shameless (laughs) to to be like that let's be honest about the nature of college football behind the scenes it's it's an ugly ugly industry Mm -hmm. um and so i yeah i that's a good question that i hadn't really thought about um but i could just see wherever james franklin goes i could see stoops popping in there
1: what if uh the florida job comes open if dan mullen because i think that's starting to become a real possibility i saw a a Tweet today where he, his winning percentage at Florida is currently lower than Ron Zook's winning percentage was at Florida. Really? It's, it's like by. It's like a Barrett Sally tweeted it earlier today. Uh-huh. It's it's close, but it's slightly lower, and that is that's not good. <laughs> I mean, if you're
0: Olzak got fired, I mean that's it is weird because they just he uh-huh. he's living off the glow of the Traskier. And that's, but you, I mean, you look at it and you kind of go, that team wasn't very good before Trask. Trask right. makes them great. Uh, and But even with Trask, they don't meet the ultimate goals. They didn't make it to the SEC championship game, but they, you know, it just, they didn't make it to the playoff or anything. And so... I, I mean, I, I did see I saw another stat that said, oh, it's this his,
1: SEC winning percentage. I'm sorry, not overall, winning, but the okay. SEC winning percentage is still it's lower than Ron Zooks, higher than Will Muschamp's lower than Jim McElwain's as well.
0: Wow. I mean, I, I will say I saw another tweet that said, I believe in his last nine power five games, he was two and two and seven. And mm. one of those was against Tennessee, of course, freaking of course. Um, it's, the,
1: it's amazing that Florida – I mean, I think it, Dan Mullen's not living up to expectations of what no. we thought he would do at Florida. Uh, he doesn't recruit at all. He's goofy. He's a strange guy. He's combative with the media. He's just he's just a weird guy. He's, he's not – other than the fact that he coached under Urban Meyer at Florida, he's not a good fit for that school at all, in my opinion. Uh, I thought he was a great fit just because he had been there before, but I guess I didn't really pay that much attention to him when he was at Mississippi state, but uh, Florida's had a decade of subpar coaches since Mm -hmm. urban Meyer and Tennessee has one win.
0: That is depressing. So bad. I mean, you look very realistically, Butch Jones should have had 3 wins. He should have had 4 wins four. over Florida. Even his,
1: 2017 he should his have beat. final
0: them. year, you had him. Like yeah. I mean they won on a Hail Mary. Yeah. Like he should have 4 wins over Florida. That's unconscionable and it's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean like you're saying embarrassing for Tennessee is what it is, but yeah,
1: Dooley Duel- should have beat must champ at least once.
0: Yep. I mean, I he, mean he yeah, you should have split the last
1: 10 years. Yeah. In all honesty. that's The,
0: the, the 10-9 game, 2012 with Dooley, you were up by, multi, I believe, double digits at the half. Obviously, Butch blew a 14-point lead, then Butch beat <laughs> him once, and Butch lost on a Hail Mary. Like, there, you've had your shots, so you make no mistake about that. Uh, you pushed him through one half this year, but, like... Uh, yeah it makes me but know. if
1: if if Mullen gets fired let's say he and who knows if he will I, I tend to think that they won't I think he'll get at least one more year but you, you never know with so much movement happening right now I mean, that really throws a wrench into things because then you got LSU and Florida both trying to hire a coach at the same time maybe Mark Stoops goes to Florida I mean that's who,
0: I mean that's why I think they won't Right. is because of that LSU element and LSU right now with their AD that's known for get, big admirers. Yeah. I I could see them bowing out. Also, you have to take into consideration. I saw somebody tweet this, and I was like, that's kind of... It kind of makes sense. They said Florida went and stole Mississippi State's AD and the Mississippi State's football coach, and they expected to get more of the Mississippi State results. Mm. I was like, uh, I mean... <laughs> I can't. Your point. I I mean, I can't say that they're wrong. Um, right.
1: It's a bit pretentious to think just because those two guys are at Florida, suddenly they're going to have a lot more success because of the the colors and the name on the uniform, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, you and you're,
1: you're recruiting right. against Georgia right now, and a lot of these key battles and Miami and Florida State are kind of out recruiting Florida, and you got UCF in the mix. It's it's not. The Florida Stop. job isn't as attractive as it once was because of all that. I mean, LSU's going to get who they want over Florida because Louisiana kids don't really leave Louisiana. I mean, it's a built-in automatic top 10 recruiting class.
0: It's it's crazy to look back on it, and I hope at some point there's like a 30 for 30 about this. And I guess to a certain extent there kind of has been some, uh, but about like Aaron Hernandez specifically. But like the the – total fall from grace it hasn't felt as monumental as tennessee's downfall in terms of the results on the field with mm-hmm. florida but the way that urban meyer ruined that place on the way oh yeah out like the, the culture had clearly gotten so toxic you hear about all of the stories i mean obviously they had essentially a serial killer on their team <laughs> and then on top of that i mean you you had who was it uh the, the Twins, yeah, and, um, some some of those, all and all of these, like, I, I wasn't it some sort of stat where it was like forty plus players from Florida's team, uh, national championship teams had been arrested, with forty plus Did that or kicked or out of the program
1: or something. I mean, yeah,
0: it's crazy. Like, the, he even was Tim
1: just, even Tim Newton has that on his resume getting kicked out true. of Florida?
0: I mean, it it was just it was insane, and then like he just he left the place and I, you look back and like, I almost have like mercy on Zook where I was like, man, he really just after you like, uh, and, or what am I? It was most champ. Most champ. Yeah. Sorry. After. I put that put that wrong. Zook it was, was Zook, uh, Meyer. between Spurrier and Meyer. Yeah. 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 Uh, man, those were the golden years with, with Zook, man. That's, that's yeah. Backwards. We showed it. <laughs> we could actually beat them. Um, but, uh, Yeah the you look at Muschamp and you go like Muschamp's not a good coach I think we know that now from South Carolina and everything but I almost go like you got handed a crap sandwich down there uh but hey nonetheless I feel no no love loss for Florida I hope that uh, the entire program collapses as far as I'm concerned uh and and becomes Vandy that would be nice um but otherwise we are getting way off I agree the coaching carousel could be totally crazy. Very interested to see what happens. And specifically with the coach that Tennessee is playing this week, let's talk about Kentucky coach Mark Stoops having a decent year so far, or at least they were. And then they went to Starkville, Mississippi this weekend and kind of surprisingly sort of got their butt handed to them. Uh, 31 17. I don't have it right in front of me, but I believe that was the final score. Uh, and to me, I watched that game and it was sort of the chickens coming home to roost for Kentucky. I don't want to say they've been playing with fire, but as they have the entire time with Mark Stoops, they just play a brand of football that is not elite. Like it is just not, it's not going to win you a championship in college football. This slow plotting, almost like air force triple option offense with a quarterback that never throws. We have, you know, we have a pretty decent defense, but it's still, when they have a bad game, we lose by 20 kind of a defense. And so like I said, it kind of, they sort of got what they had coming. I was hoping that that game would come against Tennessee and hopefully they have back-to-back weeks of terrible performances. Ideally knock on wood. Um, but that uh, they looked as human as they have this entire season against Mississippi state. I
1: don't really feel that anxious about this game. I feel pretty good about Tennessee's chances. Really? I think Kentucky's defense has been a little overblown as far as how good people think they are. I don't really see it. I mean, they're, they're number 32 in total defense. That's decent, right? I mean, but, You know, they've played Chattanooga. They've played Louisiana Monroe. They've played really close games against not great teams. South Carolina, they beat them 16-10. They beat Missouri 35-28, two teams that that Tennessee blew out. They beat a not very good at all LSU team that's just a disaster right now. Um, Georgia pretty much shut them down. Then you lose to Mississippi State, who kind of runs that offense, not really like Tennessee's, but kind of in that realm. They've given up 20 touchdowns this year. Uh, that's not elite. I mean, Georgia's given up five. They're, they, when Georgia and Kentucky played, it felt like they were trying to put Kentucky in that same stratosphere as Georgia's defense. And it's nowhere close. They're, you know, they're number 58 in the country in passing yards allowed. Number 59 is Wake Forest, who is giving up lots of yards and points despite being undefeated. I mean, they're... Right there, NC State, Utah, UNC. Tennessee should be able to throw the ball all over Kentucky, I think. I'm not that concerned about the offense here. I think it'll be a game where they throw more than they run. I think Kentucky's run defense is pretty decent. I think it's like top 20. But I think Tennessee will be able to air it out and beat Kentucky down the field.
0: This this game, to me, sets up as well as it could – for, for Tennessee being a, a night game away at Kentucky, you know, I, I hadn't even noticed this. According to ESPN's uh, football power index, the FPI, Tennessee is a favorite in this mm. game. 50, 51.3% chance to win. Now that's computer generated. That's not, there's no human element to that. I believe, I think it just takes in whatever algorithm they have for that. But I mean a six and two Kentucky and a four and four Tennessee team, and Tennessee, according to a computer, is still the favorite. Like what does that tell you? And Kentucky, like they're, you know, they can, hey, Kroger Field, good for you. Let's not act like it's like one of the great home field advantages in college football. It's, you know, I, I think back to what two, two years ago, and yeah, 2019, and Pruitt goes in there and wins like Pruitt did it. So I'm not going to act like this is unconscionable for Tennessee to win this game or anything like that. I am with you this weirdly because it's Kentucky. I think this, this must be what Florida fans feel like when they talk about the Tennessee game, there's just no way that it's not because it's the same. I just feel like it's the same thing. I have seen Tennessee lose to Kentucky three times in my entire life, three times. And one of them was last year. So it was two until a year ago. And so, you know, I I just look at this and I go, Kentucky is going to lose to Tennessee until they don't. It's exactly what I say. It's the exact opposite of what I say about Florida. I say Tennessee's losing to Florida until they don't. With Kentucky, Tennessee's beating Kentucky until they don't. And so it's about that, that simple to me. Kentucky, you just look at this matchup. Tennessee is averaging 38 points a game. Kentucky's averaging 27. Tennessee is allowing 27 points a game. Kentucky is allowing 21. So, like you just you look at that and you go, okay, so it's technically kind of do the math there, it's gonna be even-ish, but Tennessee's advantage in points per game is more than Kentucky's advantage in points allowed per game. So just that, that alone, I think maybe statistically, that's why, according to a computer algorithm, Tennessee's a favorite is like something like that right there.
1: And Kentucky's offense isn't going to be able to keep up with Tennessee's offense. So it comes down to, do you think Kentucky's defense is that much better than Tennessee's? I don't think so.
0: I, I will be the, the one area where I think this could get bad for Tennessee is if Kentucky can stop your offense, which I'm really, really hoping they will have a very hard time doing. Ideally, you, Tyon Evans is a lot healthier in this game. Hooker is hopefully healthier after the bye week. Like you're just, you're banging on more cylinders than you were in the last few weeks. And, you know, you can just come in, move the ball. And I think this is. In that case, if Tennessee's moving the ball, this is Tennessee's game to lose mm-hmm. when I when I look at it. Tennessee's gonna have to shoot itself in the foot, which is a distinct possibility. They've done a lot of that this season. But if Kentucky is stopping you and they get the ball and they they are able to take these long, drawn out grinding drives that they like to do. I mean, that's sort of what the offense is predicated on. That's gonna be bad because they take the clock away from you. They just they take clock. And that's kind of the kryptonite for Tennessee. And so I could see that happening. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what Heupel's performance is coming off of bye weeks in the past. I hope I think that he's like it should be
1: four good. and one or five and one.
0: OK, so good. Um, But like outside of that, I mean, you just got to think like Tennessee's going to be more healthy. Kentucky's coming off a loss. Maybe, the, you know, there has been some talk like, oh, Kentucky could be mad coming into this game maybe, may you know, I, I don't put a ton of stock in that. Like it's every, every game's a new, a new yeah. game, not to take a, not to take a page out of the butch platitudes book here, but it's take it week to week or whatever he yeah. used to say. One game at every, a time. Yeah,
1: Every game's its own story or something. Yeah. We're, we're zero think...
0: and zero this week. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and so like, yeah, I, I don't put a ton of stock. In that and so, on on the whole, I, I just I look at this game and I go, it's ten- it's a Tennessee win, right? You're I at, do at- think
1: Kentucky's going to play dirty though, and not like in they the could. sense that they're trying to hurt Tennessee players. I don't think anybody's coaching their kids to do that. It it happens sometimes, but they they were simulating Mississippi State snap count, which is should be a penalty, and it caused Mississippi State to false start several times. Mike Leach wasn't happy about it at all. And he made sure to talk about it at halftime. He made sure to talk about it after the game. And that's something that, I don't know, I feel like you're being coached to do that. If you're out there on defense and you're simulating the snap count, you, you know you can't yell out numbers and things to you know simulate a count and, and act like you're the offense and, and cause a false start. It should be a penalty. It's just not good sportsmanship, and it's not like I'm out there thinking you should be shaking hands after every play, but there's just a certain kind of like baseball, unspoken rules that you go by, and that's just one of those things that you don't do. And it seems like that was Stoops' way of trying to stop Mississippi State's offense, kind of like Lane Kiffin used the injuries uh, against Tennessee and did it again against Auburn. It's something I think Stoops might try to do against this – tennessee offense that moves at a high tempo so that that's something that we've seen times where tennessee wasn't necessarily disciplined i think they had three false starts in a row at one point against alabama that's something that we're gonna have to watch out for because you can get in a second 20 situation really quick and suddenly your defense is back on the field it's another one of those long drives that you were talking about
0: yeah, that, that just, you can't let that happen. You have to, I mean, just look at the games where Tennessee was ultra successful and look at the games where they weren't. Tons of penalties in the games where they weren't. It, it's such a killer. It just is across the board. It will murder good drives. So you you cut that out. I mean, the, the keys to success are all there for Tennessee. Play your game. Control the game. And play it the way that you want to play. It. I mean, I, I think the absolute ideal is for Tennessee to have a very nice mix of long dink and dunk drives that end in success and also drives that end with a big play or a couple of big plays, you know, where you three, three plays a minute, 20, and then you also have some drives that are 12 plays, you know, five minutes, five and a half minutes, something like that. A nice mix of both. And that's, that's as good as it could go put up to me. I think your number in this one's 30. I, I think it, it just sort of seems like uh that's a that's a lot of points for Kentucky I would put it that way 30 points is a lot for Kentucky they they have let's see how many times they've done it this three season. times yep three times and even one even time in,
1: was against Louisiana Monroe
0: the win over Florida they scored 20 28
1: yeah. against Chattanooga at home.
0: So I think thirty is kind of your number here to me when I, when I look at this, and then I think you're you're golden if it turns into a shootout somehow. Ooh, I think you're golden. <laughs> I I don't know how that yeah, how that's gonna occur, <laughs> but it, but if it did, you know if you're if it ended up doing that, I think you're you, you did have like their game against Missouri, thirty five twenty eight was a win. So like that was pretty back and yeah. forth. A lot of touchdowns. I think they
1: scored some defensive touchdowns against LSU to get up to forty.
0: And I, yeah, and that's that's one that I would look where you go like that might have been their best game of the season. Yeah. Um, That's where everything clicks for Tennessee, kind of like in, you know, maybe Tennessee's version of the South Carolina Missouri games.
1: And that was the week that I, I believe that was the week where, uh, yeah, that was when LSU decided they were firing Ogeron, I believe, but they hadn't announced it yet or, or something like that. So that was kind of a a strange week, I think. Uh, for uh, LSU, and that that whole LSU program has kind of been all out of sorts for two years. Ever since they won the championship, yeah. they've not been right anyway. So it was all downhill from there. Yeah, but they uh, still can beat Florida somehow, though. I don't, I don't understand that. But can't I mean, get past I, Mississippi I, State.
0: <laughs> yeah, I th- I think it just it speaks to like the the tenuousness of. Like being a coach in the SEC, winning in the SEC. Like every every year that passes, just how much more impressive does it become with how comprehensively successful Saban has been? Like yeah. when you just look at how tough it is. Like you can have like a, a flash in the pan with Joe Burrow. That's great undefeated season. And then you just fall smashing back down to earth like Orgeron did. Like it is not easy to do that every single year where we just assume that Alabama is going to be good. And they're going to beat everybody almost all the way across the board. Like that's crazy. Mm. I mean, I mean the perfect example is like Kirby at Georgia. This dude is putting better recruiting classes on the field than Nick Saban is. And he still can't win. Like that's how hard it is. And I think I've, I've said my piece about that on the show. I don't think Kirby smart ultimately is a very good game coach. He just, he's great at recruiting obviously he's excellent at recruiting however he's doing that legally or otherwise mm. uh, but i mean you just you got to be the coach too and Sabin is both saban is a killer on both ends he gets the jimmies and the joes and then he whips your ass with the jimmies and the joes you know and at this
1: point you almost wonder if you're a coach that takes one of these high profile jobs like the tennessee job the auburn job uh florida any of these big jobs, what what's your goal? What's your end game? Because you have to know, if, if you're a coach, I, th- I feel like you have to be rooted in reality because you have to look at scenarios realistically. You can't coach off hopes and dreams. You have to know that the odds are against you being there more than four or five years. Like It just doesn't happen outside of Nick Saban. So what, what's your goal? It's got to be a payday, right? You're doing it for the money at this point, I feel like. Because otherwise, if you're Mark Stoops, if you're somebody like Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, uh, Billy Napier at Louisiana, you're probably getting paid de- pretty well relative to average salaries in this country. You're getting paid very well. You've got a job that you can stay at for decades if you want. As long as you have eight, nine-win seasons, you can afford a down season when maybe you don't have a lot of depth or you don't have a lot of experience. Why I, I'm starting to wonder if we're going to see more of these guys staying at those jobs, because the shelf life of, of, of life at a school is so
0: short. I mean, th- it's one of the main reasons why, you know, I've kind of gotten a reputation as the, the fire everybody guy, but you look st- statistically speaking, most coaches get fired Yeah, in, in college football, like college basketball. You have more long tenured guys. Mm-hmm. It's, You can stick, I mean, just look at Ray Barnes, you know, he's brought like really nice consistency and just a generally good product to basketball. And you're, you're good with that and you last longer, but football, I mean, the difference between the haves and the have nots, it's almost not even that because the haves, how many are there? Three, four actual, like legitimate, like always elite it's well and even I was gonna say Clemson in this Clemson I mean look at Clemson this year yeah they stink seriously I mean they got whipped by Pittsburgh uh, a couple weeks ago and that's you know like it's it's so tenuous and so easy to just not have a consistent product every year and so it's
1: and the culture goes bad so fast I think that's the problem like it gets out of hand Johnny Majors would have been fired after his first four years at Tennessee. He did not. I mean, four and seven, five, five and one, seven and five, five and six. That gets you fired now at yeah, an SEC program it. anywhere. And they have to do it because the culture just tanks. If you don't have immediate results, it becomes toxic so fast with every coach. It doesn't matter who it is. And it's not like sometimes it's not necessarily. Anything that the coach is doing, it's just they start feeling the pressure. It it impacts the program. That's just how it goes now. It's it, it's sad to see in a way because you don't get these connections to these coaches. Like, growing up, you you knew who, you know, Mark Rick was the Georgia guy. He was going to be there no matter what, and, and that's your rival. It's, it's hard to explain that way, but it, it's such a – I don't know. You, you don't feel connected to – any of these programs in the SEC the way you used to.
0: Yeah, not not at all. Like, there just isn't any of those stalwart right guys. Like, they're even, I mean, you even think back, uh, I don't know how long he was there. I just remember it from my, my childhood. But even, like, Vandy had, like, uh not Bob, what was it? Bobby Johnson, right? Oh, yeah. At Vandy, like, even they, like, had a guy that, you know, and they have always just sucked but they just they sucked in perpetuity and so they were just like well (laughs) he's the coach yeah we stink but he's the guy like how are we what are we supposed to do you know it was such
1: a major deal to move on from a coach yeah and now like I remember the year that uh when Dooley got fired is when it really started that era is when this like three-year coaching cycle really kind of started it feels like and I remember thinking, hearing that Dooley, this was really before the year before I really started writing a, a lot about Tennessee sports and really understanding how the sport was covered. Going into that third year, people talking about Derek Dooley being on the hot seat. And I was just like, doesn't it, you know, I'm not a fan of the guy really, but I'd be kind of surprised if they fire him this fast. Like we had just seen Philip Fomer you know for debt you know almost two decades be the coach and this weird thing that happened with Lane Kiffin I just wasn't used to this type of turnover in coaching and now it's and that's just how it goes
0: it, it really did take a turn when I would say when Saban came to Alabama what you're saying there where it was sort of with Dooley that's when it was just getting in to this regularly only giving guys like three or four years uh because i i'm just looking at bobby johnson bobby johnson did not win more than two games in his first three years at vandy he he went two and ten two and ten two and nine and then he finally won five games in his fourth (laughs) year (laughs) and boy i that's we're turning the corner boy uh yeah he the most he ever won was seven and he was there how many years is that he was there for eight years. He wow. had eight years at Fandy. <laughs> and, uh, I, I mean, that's, and he was there till 2009, which was like right there. That would have been Saban's third year at at, at Alabama. I mean, every, it is it is kind of a, a more recent phenomenon. I guess that's what, he's been there 15 years to Saban. Yeah. Him, so it's weird to think that it's been that long, but uh, it has been kind of, yeah, the last 15-ish years. It has just been there's no more of these old time we're here forever kind of guys. You just don't like that. That's why it's really so crazy. Like the guy, what's the guy at Iowa? Um, oh, Kurt, Kurt Ferentz. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Oh, but yeah. Geez,
1: Gary Patterson, who just got fired, was there for, what, 20 mm-hmm. years, I think.
0: Yeah, and you don't course, see a lot of that. You had to have, uh, was it Aubin or one of those guys? Yes, I think it was immediate. yes. Of, of course, on, on that day, you got to kick Tennessee while you can. Uh, and and talked about how Gary Patterson got turned down by Tennessee way back when.
1: That was right after Foamer, right? When they hired I Kiffin.
0: believe. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. He they wanted to make a splashy young hire, and so they turned David down David Urban.
1: went. He's went straight to the Pat Ford. I think we talked about that before, but he has went just all in on on that. It's been <laughs> kind full of bizarre. Pat 40. Yes. <laughs>
0: They all solid on Michigan
1: State's riot.
0: Oh, and I loved I loved this this weekend. We're going to predict the Kentucky game in just a second. I know people. This has been just an episode of tangents
1: by week by week.
0: Yeah, it's by by week. We didn't we didn't have a game to talk about. So we'll be more on subject next week. But uh, dude, with the Michigan State burning, flipping and burning cars or whatever it was, burning, burning couches and flipping cars,
1: I guess. (laughs) Like a war scene. The after photos the next day.
0: It was crazy. And so every Tennessee fan on planet Earth, including myself, we all tweeted all these clowns in the national media. And we all go, hey, guys, where's the where's the think pieces? Where are the columns <laughs> denouncing Michigan State fans? Excuse me. Where is that? And of course they go, well, I did say that it wasn't. Dan, Dan Wilkin pointed to some stupid tweet he had where he was like, can we just have college football without dumb college students? No, Dan, oh, yeah. that's not good enough. Where We need we need classlessness. We need deranged. We need what a horrible, horrible environment. Shut this school down. Ban them. They better not have attendance next week. They, they can't have attendance at their games because of this. Those were the, the stupid takes you had. The total overreactions. The total just BS that they were spewing. There was none of that. Oh, well, look at this thing that I tweeted. I said it wasn't good. That, no, shut up. You didn't say anything. You didn't say anything of, of substance at all. You absolutely double standard hypocrite loser i the everything just it makes me makes me ill i can't with these people
1: if that would have happened in knoxville one of those three absolutely would have said something about you would you would not be able to tell this is a photo from knoxville you'd think it was a war zone in the middle east or something like i guarantee you they would have made some Wild, <laughs> bizarre comparison like that. a hundred
0: percent that is but, absolutely what would have happened. yeah, but I mean, I even saw it like you tweeted, you tweeted something about it, and it was multiple national people in your comments alone mm-hmm. justifying, justifying, saying flipping a car is not the same as throwing bottles on a football field. Thousands of dollars in property damage is not the same is <laughs> throwing water bottles and mustard bottles on a football field? What are we doing?
1: Honestly, what? I still believe to this day that the reason... There is a vendetta.
0: There is. And there I've, is. I've heard, That's what it is.
1: There was somebody that follows me that worked for 24-7 Sports that, that tweeted at me and said something about that he stood next to Pat Forty at a media days and he talked crap about the Tennessee fan base in really? person. So, I mean, he... There's clearly he has a chip on his shoulder there for whatever reason. And I think that it's because Tennessee van fans have a loud voice and they can drown out the columns and all that stuff. And they they're heard and they're heard to the point where you have outside of this bubble that is East Tennessee and Tennessee fans outside of that bubble tennessee's van, fans voice reaches it reaches to the paul feinbaum show it reaches to sec nation and all these shows covering college football where they talk about vol twitter on these shows from time to time and i think the national guys hate it because they don't get to control that narrative the way they want to i mean that's the only thing that makes sense to me because what else could it be i mean it's just a passionate college football fan base
0: that that's that's what i i go back to i said it a couple weeks ago when all of that happened they hate you they do they they hate tennessee fans they don't even necessarily hate tennessee right they hate tennessee fans and it to me it all really they they didn't like you before but it all really stems back to shiano sunday i i mm-hmm. really think because that was there Wolkin was so happy that he got to, he got the the thumbs up from John Curry. Hey, hey, Dan, can you run PR for me? Winky face, little smiley emoji or whatever. And and then Tennessee fans said, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And the state of Tennessee wrote, you had state legislators like tweeting and going, we're not okay with this guy coming to town. And every single one of those freaking blue check idiots got their feelings hurt because Shiano's their boy. And so they they hate you. They really and it's exactly what you're saying because you made them powerless. You took away uh-huh. the only you took away really the only value that they have, even in their own mind. That's the only. They're I'm special because I break the news. I'm a national. I have I have sixty thousand Twitter followers. I whatever it might be. They think they're very special and high money. They want to
1: influence what people. Think.
0: Yeah, not and, to get
1: and, too deep into it. They want to control whatever narrative. And I don't think it's always. Malicious. I think there's just some joy that some people get out of being able to do that, and yeah, they can't.
0: I mean, I, I, you know, I can say even just being in local media. I've never been at that national level, but even just being in local media, it is fun to kind of move opinions. I, right. I would say, and like in local radio and things where I've I've worked, like you can kind of do that. You get your voices heard by thousands of people, even on our little show here, and so you know, you there is definitely. And a, I don't know if "intoxicating" is the right word. Like it's appealing, an appealing element.
1: I'm sure on a national level, it has to be to some extent.
0: Yeah, I. I but that's not that's not a justification. I mean, we're self aware enough to look and say like we're self aware enough to go and say like we get that. Also, we would not do that, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And these guys are not because you do have you have the national guys that we've mentioned before, Barrett's Lee guys like that who are self-aware enough to go like yeah, I have this voice that is heard by tons and tons of people with a decent amount of influence generally speaking, but I'm not going to like abuse that and I'm not going to beat a fan base over the head with a baseball bat just because I don't like them. And and so that yeah, this this I mean they just got they got directly exposed this week as just the, the absolute hypocrites that they are. The Michigan State fan, the that just showed it. It was the perfect shining example of mm-hmm. well Michigan State that hasn't offended them. That way so they you know it's it's okay that they it was it's just a couch it's just a co- it was just a toyota forerunner just a fifty thousand dollar car no big deal the,
1: the responses that i loved were like i'm sure the owner of that vehicle does not feel like the same way he would choose the bottles and the mustard bottle and the golf ball over <laughs> his car being destroyed i guarantee it <laughs> there's no, no debate Zach. in that
0: <laughs> I bet that he he believes that Tennessee fans are way worse than the people that destroyed his expensive car. Ridiculous. Screw these people. All right, let's uh, get off of the, the subject of tearing down national media. As fun as it is, we've made mm-hmm. a pastime of it here on this show. Um, I'm sure there will be more opportunities in the future. Oh, yeah, plenty. Especially, hey, especially Tennessee wins this week and – you got the Georgia game coming up. You'll have a little bit of national exposure. It's a 330 Which game. Which is on CBS. yes. I'm surprised. But yeah. I uh, should should be a fun one. Um, score prediction for Kentucky, though. Let's get to it here. We're running long. Uh we've already kind of indicated we think Tennessee's probably gonna win, but where are you at score wise?
1: I think it's I think like I said, I don't think Kentucky's defense is elite. But, I mean, they're, it's a good defense. It's just not the elite defense that some people have made it out to be. So, I think they'll they'll have some success against Tennessee. So, I think it'll be somewhat low scoring. I have Tennessee 27, Kentucky 17.
0: 27-17. I, I agree. I don't think that it'll be any kind of a high-scoring affair, even for Tennessee. I really liked that 27 at, as a number. I'll I'll even ratchet that down well no I'll go 28 I'll say they score 28 just round it out all touchdowns um 2814 is uh, I don't know I think it'll be closer than that actually now that I'm thinking about it you can see that I don't I didn't do this ahead of time 20 28 21 I'll just give it everybody just scores four and three touchdowns. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is, if it goes the way that Tennessee would like it to go, this is Tennessee's game to lose. When when I look at it, you just, you have the high powered offense that they're going to struggle with. You get them away from playing their game. You win this game. And so just you, and the crazy thing is you, (laughs) you actually do at this point at at a few positions, you have superior, superior athletes, as crazy as it is you do you have a better quarterback you probably they, their running backs really good i will say they probably have they probably have the superior set of running backs you have the better quarterback your starting offensive lines are probably comparable um you know and and so i just you even look at it on that scale i mentioned it earlier there's a reason why the computer at espn thinks tennessee is going to win this game so there
1: well if, if tennessee does win uh believe it'll be josh heupel's first win at tennessee over a ranked opponent so that would be kind of a milestone win for him too
0: it would be huge and it it would make this georgia game will get a pretty decent amount of hype i think because i sort of feel like tennessee would get sort of one of those annoying monikers like the best five and four team in America, or something you know, like that, going into that. I think so you'd, that you you would hear
1: it. you would hear a lot about how Tennessee could possibly be seven and two if they would have beat Ole Miss and Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think you'll hear a lot about that, and and obviously they're going to want to hype the game up, so you're going to hear a lot of, you know, could Tennessee upset Georgia? Uh, don't don't fall into that Tennessee. Don't read into that too much. It's Georgia. You better prepare like it's Georgia and don't don't read anything after the kentucky game
0: let's let's just see what happens against kentucky um don't surely don't do what happened last year even if you do lose please dear Mm. god don't lose like that and i don't think josh hypo will but that is it uh any any parting thoughts before we head out zach
1: uh hopefully it's a a quiet rest of the week uh I believe I'm doing the show with you Saturday night, yes. uh, for the Kentucky game. So we, we did find out
0: uh, Crompton had a, a conflict again um, for the halftime and post game shows. So it'll be Zach and I on uh, on the A to Z Sports game day. I guess Big Orange game day, halftime and post game shows. Um, so look look for us there. Obviously halftime and post game uh, of the of the Kentucky game. We'll be broadcasting live on A to Z sports, social channels, YouTube, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Uh, there's one. I always forget. There's another one. Isn't there? I feel like there's four. It's Facebook. not like I, Facebook. Fake. Fa- it's, uh, sorry. You get it right. Meta. It's on meta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we'll be doing it in virtual reality from Mark Zuckerberg's house. Yes. <laughs> uh, catch us on meta over there. Um, I'm at Charlie underscore Burris. That's at Zach TNT at A to Z sports. A to Z sports.com for everything. We write the A to Z sports podcast network feed to, to make sure you don't miss a single episode of this ridiculous show. Otherwise uh, I always say we'll talk to y'all next week, but actually we'll talk to y'all on Saturday.
1: See you guys then.